Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast where Dad and I talk absolute gobshite to help you cope with the traumas of our weekly regular true crime podcast. But this week, listeners... We have a very special guest, Jack Lawrence, the host of One Minute Remaining, which is a podcast that we discovered where he speaks with inmates in prison for an array of different crimes. They've done all kinds of stuff. It's like a sushi train of crime. They just wheel past him and he doesn't try to prove whether they're innocent or guilty. He just wants them to tell their stories, tell how things happen from their perspective. And uh, dad and I are going to have a chat with him. Jack, thank you so much for talking with us today. Paul, John, lovely to be here. Thank you very much indeed for the invite. i got to ask, why, <laughs> I'm saying it to Dad, what is it that compelled you to start off down this road on this incredible project? It was a complete accident. It, uh, honestly, it was, it was this, this podcast, wasn't, it wasn't even supposed to exist. Um, I, was, I was spent four years researching and putting together a completely different podcast um, based around uh, something they call the lottery curse. Right. Um, so I worked in radio here in Australia and I was researching stories for the show as you do every day. Mm. And I came across this article off the back of a lottery win. And it said that uh, 90% of people who win the lottery after 12 months will have no money, no friends uh, and no family left. And I was like, that can't be true. That's rubbish. It's the it's Australian dream is to win the lottery uh, and put your feet up. Um, and so I started researching that. And as part of researching that, I came across this story of this lady called Doris Moore, who was arrested, tried and convicted for the murder of a bloke called Abraham Lee Shakespeare, who won the lottery in Florida. Um, and I was like, this story is fascinating. So I thought I'll get that story as part of this lottery podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be one of the, a couple of the episodes of, of that show. Um, so I wrote her a letter uh, and posted it off and she got back to me and we started chatting. Um, and even probably four or five months prior to the show, one minute remaining launching, I was still, I was interviewing Doris over the phone for this podcast, not for anything else. And it was such a convoluted and hard story. And she would go off on tangents and I'm like, how am I going to, I'm literally sitting here listening to her story going, how am I going to make, this is not going to make sense to anyone listening. Mm. And she just goes to me, she goes, Oh, would you want, do you want to talk to my law clerk? Um, person who's helping me get back into court. And I'm like, fantastic. Someone who's, you know, going to be able to, you know, talk straight, not go off town tangents. We'll get the story and it's perfect. So I said, great. Give me the person's number. I will call them. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. I can arrange it from here. I was like, oh, what do you mean? She goes, she's in prison with me. And I'm like, well, now I have to talk to this woman. Oh my so, God. So, then, so then this lady, Kimberly Byrne, calls me 
and I said, look, because, because you know, I'm, I'm in radio and I'm uh, naturally inquisitive. She was like, I don't want to talk about my story. I just want to focus on Therese. Mm. And I was like, no, that, that's fine. I get that. But I still would like to hear a little bit of just what you're in for. Um, and I said, I also got Therese to introduce herself. It's how, how much time she's got to serve and the rest. So can we do all the same? She's like, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. So then she told me her story that she'd been um, arrested for attempted murder and arson on her husband, um, not once, but twice. Uh, and I'm, and she's like, and she shot him and I'm just like, what's going, this is insane. So then all of a sudden light bulb moment, because I was struggling with the, the lottery podcast and thinking, how am I going to make this work? Cause no one would, no one wanted to talk to me. Funnily enough, people who win hundreds of millions of dollars don't want to, you know, talk to anyone. So I was struggling with that. I'm like, how am I going to make this work? And then I suddenly went, you know what? This, this lady's story, I bet you there's obviously more people that want to tell their stories in prison. So I literally went back to Doris. I said, hey, Kim's story is fascinating. This is what I want to do. This is, the, this is my new idea. Would you have anyone else that would talk to me? And, and then that was it. The ball started rolling and, and here we are. Sort of, I've spoken to probably now 20 plus inmates in penitentiaries across the US and, and one guy in Panamania. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it snowballed really. Jack, it's it's... Paul told me about it, and I I shuddered with joy, um, <laughs> fear, fear, excitement, trepidation. But the thing I don't understand that I need you to explain to us and the listeners yep. is how on earth do prisoners kind of do they get permission to do to talk to you, or is it done sort of very covertly? No, this is it, John. In in America, because you know we all give Americans shit about their constitution. They're all like, you know their First Amendment rights and all. They're always banging on about yeah. their amendment rights and all this sort of stuff. And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, gun control and all the rest of it. Part of the amendment is freedom of speech. Mm. So it means that they are, there's no, they don't need any permission to talk to me. Unlike Australia, which you probably know, um, criminals are not allowed to just call anyone. They're not allowed to talk, just talk to the media willy-nilly. Um, all the numbers that they want to call while they're in prison have to be checked over, approved all the rest of it whereas in america it's not some actually i mean it's not completely the entire america some states are harder for me to talk to than others because i'm overseas mm. um but the 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 ones i talked to in florida michigan um washington's tricky but i can still talk to them alaska um i literally like they have tablets they have these tablets and they literally can just send emails to me via a prison email setup uh, although some of the prisoners have hacked the system and have got Gmail and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, so they, there's no permission needed. They, I literally, as long as I can find, uh, you have to have certain information about them to be able to find them in the system. Mm -hmm. But obviously I have now inmates on the inside that help me with that. Um, whereas before it was a lot harder as, you know, it's trying to find a needle in a haystack sometimes because you're not in the country, it makes it harder. But as long as I find certain information about them, like date of birth is handy, you know, criminal record, um, their, what they call their DC number, at those bits and pieces. Once I find all that, I can find them in the system and I can literally just send them a message and then just they can reply to me and we go backward and forth. I send them my phone number, they call me and away we go. Now, of course, all the phone calls are monitored, mm. um, but we haven't had an issue since uh, so far and touch wood, uh, you know, because my entire podcast re relies on it. You talked to a Panamanian hitman, is that correct? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating guy, this guy. Absolutely yeah. incredible. So he's, he's an American, but he's in, he's in prison in Panamania. Mm. or panama sorry uh panamania in panama uh in a panamanian prison uh and he's got a mobile phone in there um because 
no, Panama. Um, and yeah, he says that um, he was a hitman for a cartel. Um, he was arrested for the murder of, I believe it's six or seven people. Um, and he doesn't deny that he killed these people. He He's completely open about it. Um, he's... He's he's very remorseful for a hitman. That's for sure. He actually wouldn't mm. he, he he wouldn't go into details about the killings because he says it gives him nightmares. Um, he did tell me, however, about the first time he killed a gentleman um, on a boat with a boat anchor. Um, but as for the 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 hits that he carried out, he wouldn't really go into great detail on how he carried those out because yeah, he's he's got a conscience. The first guy I ever killed, I killed in self defense. On I was on a boat with a guy who the cartel had given me and he was another American guy, but he was huge. And, and the guy will get security for the boat. That was his job, but he was a total fuck up. One day he decides that he's just going to get, we, we, we make her drop and we're on the way back and he's just running lines of blue and lines of blue. And I'm a lot of things, man, but I'm good at what I do. I don't care what it is I'm doing. I'm good at it. I want to be the very best. I don't care what it is. I was angry about having to deal with this slot. And I told him about it. I was like, Hey man, you're a fuck up, you know? Like what? You're a fuck up. I can't stand you. I'm not going to be. With, I'm not going to work with you anymore. As soon as the boss pays us, I'm. I'm either you or me are leaving from here because I'm not going to work with you anymore. And he took a lot of offense to that, and he was all high and, and shit. And so then, like an hour later, as we waited there, he got himself all high and quiet. And I knew something was wrong. I could just feel something. Wrong. We're floating on the ocean in the front of a bay. There's harbor cops and shit. And so this guy starts making a lot of racket, screaming at me. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. Both of us were fugitives as well. This man was also a fugitive. And he attacked me and I fell in the boat. The boat's wet and, and he came down on top of me and there was so much of him, I, there's no way I could get out from under him and he began to hit me. So I reached behind my head and I found something, something was on the, there and I just grabbed it and I don't even know what it was and swung it at him and, and it was a boat anchor. And when I hit him with the boat anchor, it just opened his skull up completely and they were praying blood and shit everyone all, all got bathed and all that shit jack i found that that story and it was very fortuitous that a there was an anchor within arm's yes. reach that yes. was pretty cool um also he must be built like a brick shit house because he's a big even guy a, yeah because even a small anchor is fucking heavy yes and, and he swung that, it and hit someone in the head <laughs> and he and then he describes how his brain matter just sort of oozed over his own body um i, I kind of get the ptsd Thing and then as to go on and then kill people but it's just it's riveting i it's i think you're i think you've you've hit gold well look i mean i i mean t- again touch wood so far we've we're the shows seems to do well with people people seem to enjoy it um mm. you know the i true try and tread carefully because of course you know i i don't forget that there's obviously victims involved in the stories we talk about and you know, there's a number of men and women who I talk to who say they're innocent of the crimes that they committed. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not stupid. I don't think that every single person I talk to is innocent. I do believe that there is more than one person I'm speaking to um, on the show that is definitely innocent. Um, although I, I stay on the fence on the show and I, I don't say who I think is innocent, but I, you know, I, I say, look, it's not, not up to me to prove innocence or guilt. I said that at the start of the show and then I find myself getting sucked into these stories and the ones where I see obvious miscarriage of justice, mm. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I have to look into it. And so there's a case, um, Anthony Duke, one of the guys I talked to, he's in for murder. There is just like, okay, so l- let me just quickly explain this very short um situation please so he he was obviously convicted he, he was um, arrested for killing a guy who was a friend of his 
um, and also a mentor, this guy, he worked with him very close, these two. But one of the key bits of evidence, right, that was found by detective, this is how this evidence was apparently found. So uh, Tony gets back to his house. He's got one cop and his parole officer in his driveway, and another cop is just walking around his property, around the back of his property. He goes inside to his house with one of the detectives and the pro officer. All of a sudden, the detective who was walking around in the backyard comes in and in his bare hand, in bare hand, he has some shell casings or what they call sabots, but I'm not big into guns, so it's easy Mm. for me to say shell casings. So he's got these shell casings in his bare hand and he says to Tony, he goes, "Uh, do you know anything about this? And tries to hand them to him. And he said, he goes, no, I don't know what those, I'm not taking those. Anyway, so then this officer then just places those into his pocket. Uh, they then leave, and then those shell casings become key evidence in a murder case, and there was no photos taken of where they were found. So what this officer did was he took a screenshot from a Google Earth image and then just drew a circle and said, I found them here. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Unbelievable. And not surprising, Jack. And when you consider that one in seven people in America that are executed are proven to be innocent later on. Yes. Crazy. And how the fuck do you go back to the family? Yeah. How do you go to the family and say to the children, look, we we fucked up? Yeah. Sorry. sorry. And, but this is the thing. They won't say that, John. They won't say we fucked up because they don't. There's a case that I'm also going out at the moment, Evaristo Salas. He was convicted based on a, a snitch. Um, and testimony by um, uh, the partner of this guy who was killed and she was there. Um, she saw him for a split second, right? So he's convicted on these two people. The snitch has come out and said he was for, he was made to lie by the lead detective. He was a paid informant. He was made to lie. The lead detective apparently said to him, see that asshole over there? I'm, I'm going to get him and I need you to, to help me do that. He literally wrote the statement for the guy uh, and said, now just write it in your own words. The informants come out and, and said that, you know, the, the, this is what's happened, right? Not only that, but the lady who was the witness, key witness, another one who was the partner, she it was found out that she, a day after the crime had happened, the car that he was shot in was in, in an impound. She turned up to the impound and said, oh, the police have said I can take the car back. 
the guy at the impound's gone, you sure? And she's gone, yeah, yeah, no, they said I can have it. Apparently he was like, she was very insistent. So I gave her the car. She then went and got it cleaned and sold it. Oh, my God. Hmm. This has all come out, yet this, this gentleman is still in prison right now. I spoke to him yesterday. He's still locked up in prison. Winds me up. I get so angry. No, I understand. But I mean, at first I thought, okay, what's going to happen is he's going to start this project and then he's going to find himself getting something akin to Stockholm syndrome where he, yeah, it's, yeah. like, it's really, I think it's really important to see the human face of people in the same way that I think you should uh, see the face of the thing that you eat before it gets killed. I think there is a certain <laughs> detachment. You're like, well, just put them in a box, not think about them. And obviously that's a lot to process. But it sounds like what's happening is gradually you're finding yourself sort of gunning to overturn convictions if you deem them unjust. I mean, is this, do you see this evolving in a more active direction or are you going to try to keep your distance emotionally? I I have tried, Paul, I have. But as you said, I I am, I get so, I get totally, now don't get me wrong. There is people that I speak to on the show where I go, you are talking absolute bullshit to me. Mm. That this is just, you, this makes no sense. Like, I, you, this is you're talking shit basically mm. and those ones i don't get really that invested in i still like the people like you know everyone i talk to i like enjoy talking to every single person i speak to there's no one i talk to i go oh god not this person they're all actually very lovely people and it sounds weird to say but they are actually quite you know nice people and we we have a chat and i i do get sucked in um, which is why I also have a, an attorney from the States who joins me on the show after every case. And he's my voice of reason. And he goes, yeah. cause he doesn't get attached. And he's like, you know, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? But there are, as I said, when I started, I'm like, I'm not here to prove innocence or guilt. But then I, mm. as you said, I'm seeing these situations and going, this is ridiculous. So I am finding myself moving more towards, well, I need to help this person. And mm. You know, with the case like the Anthony Duke, the guy with the, the bullet case into the backyard, even the attorney in Illinois, my attorney, who's the voice of reason. And every time I've had him on so far, he's like, mate, you know, this is actually a strong case. You haven't you, what about this? What about this? What about this? His first words to me when I said, OK, let's talk about Tony Duke. He goes, well, to me, this basically just looks like a complete miscarriage of justice. There's no case here. This is less than circumstantial evidence. This is insanity to the point where he said, if Tony gets back into court, if he gets a new trial, I will do that case for free because I will get him out. Wow. So it, it those I am finding myself moving towards more of a, okay, if I see, like with the Tony case or with the Everisto case, if I see blatant, like completely blatant, then I need to, I feel like I need to now get involved because I've thrust myself into these people's lives. And, and I do, I talk to them like every day, like I talk to someone um, in prison and I, on a regular basis and we email each other. So I, I do get completely pulled into their world. Like, you know, but as I said, there's still other people there that I'm going great to have your story. And we stay in touch and we talk and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I'm less enamored to jump in and, and try and sort of, you know, mm. Mm. And also, also Jack, um, you know, I I put away quite a few people, and yeah. th- that is not to say that some of them during a record of interview, for example, would really have would have a very human effect on me personally. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you sort of cross that barrier, realizing that you're sitting opposite a human being. Yeah, um, you know, some of them are completely just fucked up and psychopathic and terrible and they've done terrible things. But occasionally, you know, you would come across someone that, you know, was a really decent person, no matter what they had done. 
And I'll never forget the time I bumped into a pretty heavy crim that my father had taught. And Paul's mother was pregnant, eight months pregnant with Paul's sister, Anne. And this, we got involved in a terrible incident. And Christine, Paul's mum, pregnant with Anne, was kicked to the ground by this escapee. And this lovely ex-pupil of my dad, my dad had taught this guy, who was a heavy crim, um, bumped into me at the court and basically had had heard about the story with Paul's mum, you know, being pregnant and said to me, look, would you like me to look after this guy <laughs> in jail? And I said, uh, look, I really, really appreciate your your kindness. Lovely and offer. Your, and, your, and your, you know, offer to, to possibly do something terrible. But I said, I shall on this occasion decline. <laughs> of course, I, I'm an accessory and the whole yeah, thing yeah. just could just completely get out of control. But he, yeah. that's not to say that he was not a really nice person. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. And this, and this is the thing, like a lot of these people are, it can be really nice people, even though they are, they, they've chosen to be criminals. Yes. Um, have you, you know, the, the hitman thing is really interesting. Paul and I have over the years been talking about sort of the perfect crime and that's yeah. why a hitman can, can do so well with his chosen career because he is not connected to the victim. Yeah, it's unemotional, you know, because as you know, John, when you when you you turn up to a crime like that, the first people you look at are the people connected to that person. Um, mm. So if he's got like he's got no emotional connection to the people that you know he killed, it was purely it was a job. He said to me, as he said, because I he said I said, what's the motivation? He goes, money. That's all it was, simply money. Yeah. In the sound grab, he I, I I had to laugh when he said that whatever he does in life, he does it yes. really really well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. So yeah. so far out of all the people you've you've sort of discussed, you've, you've spoken to, other are, are there any standouts? I mean, he's definitely a standout. I mean, I I, I couldn't really get a word in edgeways with 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 him. <laughs> Um, I think like in all, in all, in a, each and every single one of them has their own, you know, moment where I'm standout moment for me, and and they're all people that I, I've I've found fascinating to talk to. Um, I think the ones that really I get connected to, as I said, are those ones where I'm like looking at these stories, going, "What is going on here?" Like I'm banging my head against the table, going, "You know, they're telling me that they're in court, and and you know, like with Tony again with the the, the shell casings, no one questioned the collection of that evidence." And I'm like banging my head on the table going, what is going on in the in, in this system where no one stood up, not even his attorney stood up and said, excuse me, uh, detective, how did you acquire this evidence? Can you just talk us through the process of, you know, this evidence collection? Were photos taken? Did anyone else see where they came from? You know, did you put them in an evidence bag? You know, oh, no, none of that. You just picked them up in your bare hand. Okay, so we'll strike that evidence then from this particular case because that's been completely contaminated. Um, you know, and I just, so those, those ones are the ones that stick out to me. Also, there's a guy I talked to who call, who's called the Alaskan, well, they call him the Alaskan Avenger. Um, he's a, a man by the name of Jason Vukovic. Horrendous story, like growing up was abused by his stepfather. Um, you know, it's horrendous abuse, which I will not go into here. Um, but he, when he got older, essentially turned into a vigilante and went after convicted sex offenders. Um, and he's got a brother, him and his brother went through exactly the same abuse, but his brother went off one direction. He went off another direction. They never saw each other again until he was being sentenced. 
his brother got the help that he needed, um, got counseling, all the rest of it, went off to became an extremely successful six-figure job traveling around the world, speaking at conventions, all the rest of it. Whereas mm-hmm. he whereas Jason ended up, you know, being coming a criminal, stealing, um, in and out of jail. Uh, and then started committing these vigilante crimes and and then got sentenced to 23 years in prison um for beating up he never killed any any of them um he he basically just bashed them and and one of them unfortunately on one occasion he took a hammer and, and gave the guy uh, a fair beating with a hammer didn't again didn't kill him but it was obviously brutal um and he got 23 years in jail and his um stepfather was found guilty of the crimes against him and his brother and got a three-year suspended sentence okay yeah that doesn't seem i understand why this why this gets you and why you're engaging and i really i'm so fascinated by this project and i'm really interested i kind of want to check in in like a year and see how you're doing (laughs) see if i've got anyone else see what frustrates me is you look at you know there's the serial podcast you've got Mm. adnan saeed uh out of prison there's a Another podcast that came out, I can't remember the name of it now off the top of my head, but they got other people out of prison. And it's so funny because because it makes big news, the inmates then will talk to me and go, hey, did you see this podcast got such and such out? That's amazing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, please don't put that pressure on me, guys. Like, I'll do my mm. best, but I can't promise anything. I can't guarantee I'm going to be able to bust you out. I mean, look. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. So you've got a hotline where people can call. Now, is the hotline for people who just want to chat with you or is it for prisoners who can then call you and tell you their stories and sort of audition uh, for the show. Now, so the hotline I set up was because, uh, listen, I'm obviously a big fan of true crime podcasts and, and you know, things like Serial and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And listening, I've always gone, oh, you know, you you, are, you wonder what happened. And watching TV shows as well, you wonder what happens to these people. Um, you know, you go, oh, hold on a second. What about this? You didn't ask them this question. You didn't ask them that question. So the hotline is for listeners listening to the show. If they think I've missed something or if they want to ask a question, directly to the inmates or anything like that about the show or anything at all, then they can call the hotline, uh, leave a voicemail. Um, and then I take those questions to the inmates. Cause obviously I talk to them on a regular basis. Um, and we basically follow up, um, with them. Jack, you're an ideas person. And I can oh, tell, I can tell seriously from Paul and I, we really do know and understand what passion is and you, you're passionate and I can hear it in your voice and it's, and it's just, it's enthralling and, and it's, it's a thrill to have you um, on our podcast. So yeah, no, absolutely appreciate it, gentlemen. It's uh yeah, it's yeah, it ha- it has become a serious passion. It's, it's something that happened by accident, which is just, you know, taken over my life really and it's um but i you know after spending 14 years on the radio i've you know they've truly found something that i i think well not not only that i love but i'm hoping will make a difference at some point down the track so you know to me that's that's a positive (laughs) jack lawrence host of the incredible podcast one minute remaining stories from inmates make sure you check it out wherever you get your podcasts and we will see you next week for a brand new episode of loose units bye everyone Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.